remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good, good morning, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I hope that you are ready to say yes to spirit. I know I am. I am as well. Yes. <laughs> We're in the so, right place. Um, today on Say Yes to Spirit, as always, we have a theme, and that theme is flow. Flow. Are you in the flow of life? Do you go with the flow? Or do you fight flow and make it harder? <laughs> so that's what we'll be talking about today, what that means. And if you're, you know, that question that's on the show, um, the show summary page, but I think it's a really, really interesting question. If we're living in divine flow, how do we respond to the high and the low waves? Because being in the flow doesn't mean the waves go away. So we'll get to talk about that, but we don't ever talk about our topic for the week until we connect. Do my God. favorite thing, Leslie's favorite thing. Yeah, it really is. Leslie, let me emphasize that. And so lastly, our... Uh, theme was living small, and um, so is there any connected dots between living small and and living in the flow? Being in the flow, you know, I would say the easy answer is if I am in the flow, then I am not living small. See, I like it when there's an easy answer. That seems pretty, as I interpret flow. If I'm really living in my divine design, then I am not going to be living small. I'm going to be living, and see, this will be a fun part of our conversation without many waves at all, I'll say. Okay. Well, cool. That's as good a connected dots as any. So let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back to talk about flow on Say Yes to Spirit.
Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And as I said earlier, every week we have a theme, and we've been doing the show for two and a half years. And what we have found is that no matter what the theme is, no matter where the theme came from, no matter, you know, what was going on when we selected the theme, that we find ourselves being able to connect to any or connect any theme to what it means to say yes to spirit. So today our theme is flow, going with the flow. We say we go with the flow, but do we actually do that? How is our life different when we are living in divine flow? And if we are living in that flow, how do we respond to the high and low waves? So, Leslie, now, you want to say about the topic in general? You know, now I'm wondering about the definition of flow. Because when you just said go with the flow, that made me think of go with the crowd, you know, in working with kids and uh, drug addicts. But, you know, that would be something they would say, well, you know, I have to go with the flow. This was, you know, 20 years ago. That was an old saying. But that means sort of a negative context in terms of the flow being the whatever people around you. And I had thought of flow as the flow of spirits, as in like river. And so now, Tracy Brown, which flow are we talking about before I make for this comment? Well, you know, we get to decide what we <laughs> talk about. If we're if we're talking about the flow being the divine zen, then... Uh, but see, yeah. actually, even your example, I don't see that as any different than... I don't see any difference in your example. So if I am if I am addicted or if I am hanging out with people who are doing things that are are not necessarily in my best interest... I'm going with the flow. I, I, You know, if I'm blaming them for what I'm doing, it has nothing to do with going with the flow. That's I'm deciding to be a victim, and I'm going through the flow. I'm going with the flow to make my life easier. But someone who has a perspective that living in spirit makes my life easier says then I make choices that are related to, you know, to being in spirit. I, I don't really see that it's any different. And if the person who is addicted or is doing unhealthy or even illegal things is, you know, their reflect their life is reflecting their perception of spirit and purpose and passion and all of that. So in that sense, they are going with the circumstances that are the outpicturing of what they believe about life. There you go. See, the, the two get you to very different points, though. Yeah. I and, of course, flow. regular listeners won't be at all surprised about <laughs> that. And, I, you know, I think it goes back to, too, what we have talked about several a few weeks ago and several times throughout the last couple of years. And last week, I think, um, or real recently, you actually had the conversation or, or shared the insight about you tend to see things it's black or white, yes you know, or no, you know, up or, or bad, down. Bad, right or wrong? Is that not good or right bad, or right wrong. or wrong? 
and uh, and I tend to see the circle that you know it all fits into the circle, and it, so I it's easy for me to see how really that person who is drinking themselves stupid every night in an unhealthy way, it's really no different. I'm living my life out picturing what I believe about life, that life is ultimately good, that I have been, you know, born as an original blessing, all of that. I, I live because that's what I believe. I'm someone who is, you know, abusing drugs or alcohol is believing life is not fair. Um, I don't ever get what I want. And so they are in the flow of the universe out picturing that in physical form. Well, that's very interesting. The whole idea of the disease of addiction takes a whole different um, definition for me, I guess, in terms of Mm -hmm. it being something that they... If they're fully in the disease, I, I don't get a sense that they even know what they don't. You know, they don't know what they don't know. Right, but the universal laws work whether maybe you know them or not. Maybe it's, that's what's going on with me. I just don't know what I don't know. That could be my thing, right? Okay, I'm gonna start saying that. I you know, know because what I there have been so many times when we have <laughs> talked about, you know, in some ways our lives would be easier or simpler if we didn't know. You know, the ignorance is bliss. You know, I don't know that there's another way. And in that sense, I'm definitely in the flow of what I believe to be life. So I don't know that there's another way. I don't know that there's another assumption that I could make. And so I don't have any stress about that, and I just accept. I have no resistance to the way my life is unfolding. But once you know a bigger truth, a deeper truth, a loving truth, then you can't be in denial about it. And that's when you have conflict. But I can remember many times when I would be in the flow of my friends or doing the things that I thought, you know, was the thing to do. Other people around me were doing it. And I wasn't at peace. The outcome of that on a daily basis and when I laid my head at night, I didn't feel at peace. And I'm thinking if I'm in the flow of spirit... I'm going to feel a peace. Oh, that's an interesting assumption. <laughs> not right, not wrong, but interesting. I like that. That's a very interesting assumption that if I am in spirit, that I am going to be in peace. And <laughs> that is not your assumption? <laughs> well, no, I just never thought. I'm thinking about it You're telling me what's the point if I, if I don't get to be in peace. Well, I'm just thinking about that in this moment. Well, because I'm thinking about, but I guess, yeah, I guess I agree with that. I was trying to think of different situations. So I have a cancer diagnosis and I'm going through, and I've decided to have chemo and radiation. And that's a very traumatic, very difficult, a very challenging life experience. But, yeah, I guess if I'm doing that and I'm grounded in spirit, yeah, I could do that. And to use mm-hmm. your example, when I lay down to go to sleep at night mm-hmm. or whenever, mm-hmm. I would be at peace because I had made that decision from a different place, even though it was really hard right, to get up every day and to feel what I'm feeling. And I really, to me that inner sense of feeling, the inner sense of being, 
is my kind of thermometer on whether I'm in the flow of Zen, like Buddha River, or the flow of human got to do, got to be, got to get. And it, and it best, I've said this a thousand times as well, it best acts out in terms of how I respond to traffic. Yes. If somebody, you know, cuts me off and I'm just like, oh, goodness, they have got to get somebody there faster than I do. Except, oh. I'm uh-huh. in the flow yeah. of Zen like Buddha River, right? Does it sound better when you say Zen like Buddha River? When you kind of Not make it really, because to I'm make just it? waiting to make the point <laughs> that you're all rivers and all seas. <laughs> Flow to the same are place. all part of spirit. Mm. Mm. But mm. never mind. Let's make your point first. Yeah, so yeah. Let me let me go ahead and be wrong first. So, um, and then if I'm not in that spirit flow, then I have been known to get into some pretty serious road rage. And the exact same thing is happening. I mean, you know, there's really it can happen the, the same day. The not, same day. It's not as if something external has really changed, like, you know, I won the lottery or I lost my house or something. It can be within the same day. So I know it's something internally, my own inner inner sense. Don't you just hate that? It's like, yes. I'm the one? <laughs> oh, I hate that. Why do I have to be the one? Why does that have to be me? <laughs> Why do I have to do the work? Oh, 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 did you hear what you just said? Yeah, but not in that. Oh, you just said it, though. Right, why do I have to do the work? Yes, day after day going. Do the work. I don't have that energy. (laughs) (laughs) You just said the sentence, though. Right. Why do I have to do the Byron Katie, the work? Why do I have to do the work? Why do I have to pay attention? Oh, yes. because I choose to say yes to spirit. That is the way that I want to live my life. But when you were talking about the river. Zen Buddha. Zen Buddha River. Yeah. Can you say it like that? Kind of, no. Can't. Sorry. <laughs> um, what I immediately thought of, the image that went through my mind was, uh, oh, this was like, I don't know, 15 years ago maybe. I was on a four-day cruise, Caribbean cruise. Nice. And we were at the end of hurricane season or for the end of hurricane season, which is why we got such a great price, <laughs> and the water was very turbulent ah. for more than half Gee. of the cruise. It was either a four or five day cruise, and we and and in the end, I'll I'll jump to the end and then I'll come back. Everybody lives. In the end, everybody lives, <laughs> and Carnival Cruise Lines gave us all either a free cruise or like. $500 no way. Cruise to another cruise or whatever. Wow. So it ended up really well. And then, yeah, the next year I used that credit, you know, toward another cruise. There you go. But, um, you know, while you're on the ship and, you know, 85% of people are getting seasick yeah. or feeling nauseous yeah. even if they're not throwing up, but yeah. just feeling nauseous yeah. or lightheaded. Yeah. And we couldn't stop at one of the ports. Because the weather, we you know, was too bad. We had to stay, like, out at the wow. because they were trying to keep us far away from the worst part of the storm, and we were still in turbulent waters. And I think, you know, that is, that water, that turbulent water, the hurricane, all of that is, is normal. <laughs> yes. It's not bad. I see where you're going. Yes. And that's so like Zen Buddha River. 
it's like that's not any better river than the river that has the waves, is it? Well, now I don't know. I fifteen percent of the people, fifteen percent of the people that weren't throwing up, they were in the Zimbuda River. I don't know. We have, we have a caller from. Um, we have a listener from area code three two three. If you would like to add your comment or if you have a question, please press one on your keypad so we'll know to actually activate your line. Otherwise, please continue to listen and and um, enjoy enjoy the debate. <laughs> These are much more friendly debates. I guess I really think that because I really think there have been times in my life when I have been on a hurricane cruise. I mean, externally, and now I'm talking years ago because my recent hurricane, I've been throwing up a lot overboard. But years ago, I was, you know, there was external, really dramatic, really difficult, horrible things happening. And I really was in my Buddha River. I mean, I was not, I was watching it with kind of curiosity, like, how much worse can this be? Yeah, this is really interesting, you know. But I so had you were in that, like I was Zen Lai Buddha. I'm getting better at saying that. Do you get it? Zen Lai Buddha. <laughs> but anyway, I was that amidst all of the things going on around me. In my most recent time of turmoil, I have been the cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have been really bouncing in the waves, bouncing in the waves, bouncing Fighting in the waves, it all the way. being yeah, fighting it, yes, resisting it. Oh gosh, one of the women in jail, those who listen know that I do um, classes at the Dallas County Women's Jail. A 19-year-old girl at the jail said her intention was to read page 469 or some 417 or something in the big book of alcohol Anonymous, and it's the page about acceptance. And the first sentence is something like, when I am in acceptance, everything is good in my life, basically. Yeah. At the beginning, it kind of begins and ends with acceptance. Yeah, just yesterday, um, I was looking at, I was reviewing videos on YouTube that relate to some of the classes that I'm teaching so that I can, you know, post videos that people can watch nice. or I can send out videos that that um, reinforce whatever point we're talking about. And so I spent about three hours just looking at different videos and, you know, marking them. But there was one particular video about non-resistance and mm. the law of non-resistance. And I was looking for things about non-resistance and, you know, I, I got some really well-known uh, people who, you know, Bob Proctor, Mary Morrissey, um, Deepak Chopra, Oprah, you know, oh, people, kind of Oprah, a little very good about non-resistance. Right. But I'll tell you, my favorite one was something none said, of them. Something I said on an earlier show. Sorry, no, that's not that either. <laughs> my favorite one was a woman named Tierica, and she... Um, her the short version of her story. There's like three or four things that she's done, but one of the re- things she's known for is a couple of years ago she gave away or sold everything that she owned, and uh, to make the point that self-esteem and you can move forward no matter what. There's no reason to be a victim. 
And she literally, she didn't have a job. She gave away everything. She owned or sold it. She, you know, let go of her apartment, so she had no place to live. Technically, she was homeless. And she said, now, I am going to start from this. And I'm going to, you know, what she kept was a video camera. You know, most people would be like, I need food, and I need, like, eight changes of clothes or something. Mm, right, right. She kept a couple of changes of clothes and a video camera and started from that. And then, so every day, sometimes several times a day, she would video what she was doing, where she was, how she was earning money, how she was getting her life started again. Right. To prove <laughs> that you could do anything. So anyway, <laughs> so she did this one video. Silly people feeling like victims that are homeless. <laughs> to prove well, and not just homeless. Her real point was she had already had a like a readership on a blog uh, that was women who you know had jobs or who were single women or who were married but had three kids and you know how just dealing with everyday life. And so, struggle. really, her point was you had a good recognize you had a good and go from wherever you are and make your choices every day that move you in the direction you want to go. Right. And so she went to the extreme because her, you know, her readership and her followers, and even if she didn't have followers, if someone was truly homeless and down and out and had been for a long time, they're not following her on the Internet. No, no. They're not seeing her YouTube videos. <laughs> right? Right. So she went to an extreme that the people who were going to see this would, would either judge or couldn't even imagine themselves in that situation right. to show that if I can come back from this, that you can too. So anyway, so she has this video about non-resistance. There we go. Now it's coming back. standing in a parking lot yes. at a, in front of a Walgreens or a Walmart or, you know, some store. There's a hurricane. And no, and she's, you know, talking about what she's doing that day which, you know, she had done, and she said, but the real reason I'm doing this video is because every day she does a teaching video, and this one was about the law of non-resistance. And she just said in, like, 18 different ways, if you're resisting something, if you're fighting the way it is, Mm -hmm. you're not going to change the external circumstances. You're just giving more energy to what you don't want. And so... And I loved, she had this line where she said, if you really want to make people crazy and you really want to piss people off and make them angry, especially people who are close to you, when they're trying to help you or they're giving you advice or they're judging you, if you flip into the law of non-resistance and just say, you know, I can see how you would have that perspective. You don't argue, you don't get defensive, you don't argue with them. You're like, you know, yeah, that is a possibility. And in your mind, you might say, it's not a possibility that I'm going to follow, but you don't have to tell them that. You don't have to make them wrong. And you just don't resist it. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm listening to that. I'll take it in. And you don't have, even on the inside, that pushback. And you can say things like, you know, this is a situation I'm in. And I'm not going to be in this situation forever. In fact, today what I'm going to do is, and then you shift your energy and focus on what you want or what you're going to do today to move towards something different. 
And there is an improv activity called an improv game that's called Yes And. So no matter what the person before you says, you say yes and, and you add to that or you shift the direction with that. Cute. And so she used that as an example. So someone tells you, you ought to be embarrassed because you live in this kind of place, in this kind of neighborhood. And you just say, yes, I totally understand why you would say that. And I am not going to be here for the rest of my life. Or this is where I am now. So you're not resisting and giving energy to what you don't want. And everybody else has these great videos, and it's real intellectual. But hers I love because she just, one example after another was like when people tell you they don't like the color of your hair. I mean, you know, everyday silly things that can trigger you. See, that's the curious thing to me. I guess that's my my thinking of if I'm triggered, it doesn't really matter if I say, oh, I can see where you're coming from, or if I say, screw you, you're wrong. That what I say is more a reflection of how smart I am and how I can perhaps manipulate my situation to make you think that I am all yeah. the bag of shit. But here's the difference. You're but not doing it for the other person. You're doing it for yourself. Because when you start doing that, when you start changing what you say and how you react, you re-educate your ego. But I have to change how I'm inner reacting. No, that's what I'm that's what you're doing. The reason that you do the law of non resistance is because you are retraining your inner reaction. So it is true that at first, the first hundred times you do it, you might be, I don't really feel that way, but I'm saying this. What happens is your ego never knows. Oh, because she said that if you want to make somebody mad. Well, she said oh. it will, that's the effect it will have, but you're not doing it for oh, them, you're doing it for yourself. To retrain, yeah. And you'll okay. notice I'm that okay. other people get mad because they're used to engaging with you and expecting it to be a battle, or they're used to, or they want you to be right. And you're saying they're right, so it takes and they want to be right themselves, yeah. But you're not doing it. The motivation for doing it is not the other person. I see. Okay. It just has it has that effect on other people, and so don't be surprised about that because it's going to piss people off. Sometimes. But the reason you're doing, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, but then <laughs> the reason you're doing it is to retrain your own. Yes, I'm with you Action. Yes. Sorry, I did not make that I'm with clear. you now. Okay. She was very clear. She was very clear. Yeah. And, and me trying to take, uh, take all of her video and collapse it into a one-minute explanation. Um, yes, I left some stuff out. Um, but what's your name? T. Erica, and I don't remember her last name, but T. Erica. Um, and she has like, you know, I don't know, 300 videos oh, or something cool. because she started the process and every day she was making one or more mm-hmm. multiple videos um, and, you know, and this was a while back, so she made them for a long time. And the whole idea that you can change your life, and, and if you can... From be, any place. From any, from wherever you right. are, toward where you want to be. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, it's an old therapist trick to uh, 
look at alcoholics or drug addicts, and when you um, suggest to someone that maybe the drinking or the drugging is an issue, mm-hmm. the level of defensiveness is in proportion to the truth. If someone is like, oh, my goodness, okay, well, I hadn't thought about that, and maybe I should look at that, and, oh, yeah, that's right, I was drunk when I did that, and, oh, yeah, that's right, I was high when I did that, well, maybe I should stop using for six months. That person probably not so far down the addiction path. The person is like, are you stupid? It was my husband that made me do that, and it was the stupid boss. You know, that defensive thing and is a very... And besides, I can drink, you know, more than the average person, <laughs> so I don't really get drunk. That's right, that's right, they have all sorts of... So it is an interesting, and I think, you know, having gone all the way through school and knowing all of the tricks, it's the, for me, I can play that external game pretty good. I can have, I can have the right answers. I can have the right answers. Yes, you're very good at that. So I'm very good at that, aren't I? Please. But it's the internal thermometer that I have to, that I, um, that I live and die by. And I talked about that doing a self-esteem class in the jail right now. And I always like to preface that that I teach versus that I'm yeah, in you know, actually, or recovering or, okay, you know, you doing community service. Yes, I can. Can you remember yes, your point? Yes. Because I have noticed yes. in the last few <laughs> weeks, you used to just say, the women in the jail, or I was at the jail last week, and, you know, and I'd be thinking, I hope people have listened before because <laughs> I think I'm, I'm co-hosting this show with someone who's, like, on the weekend path <laughs> in the jail. But I noticed lately oh, that's funny. you always there say, you go. See? and for people who've listened, or if you haven't listened before, I do this work See? with women in the jail. And so I have been wondering, like, I wonder what I've that's been, about. Yeah, I've been wondering why is it more important wow. all of a sudden for you to make sure people don't think you <laughs> perhaps live in the jail. Perhaps I'm closer to being in the jail, so I'm wanting to really point out. <laughs> you might think that I could be in the jail, but I'm not yet in the jail. That's funny. That's funny. So those women, we are doing a self-esteem class and talking about the indicator of self-esteem is, you know, being alone in the world at night, in the middle of the night or when you're going to sleep how the thoughts that play through our head. And I read an article, my favorite person, Oprah. (laughs) And she talked about doing an interview with Tina Turner and that she was really nervous and thought, I can't go out on that stage with Tina Turner because Tina Turner is all that in a bag of chips and here I am, just Oprah Winfrey. And I thought to myself, you know, that is a classic example of it doesn't matter how much money, how many people adore you, what's going on externally. That self-esteem is an inner indicator that is um, is so yeah story, it the does. real story right. not the whole story but the real story the real story yeah and we all have that that thing or that person that um, behavior that, that pattern that reflects where our self-esteem is high and where it is low. So, and, and for me, you know, for me, I see that as, mm, I can't think of the adjective, I, but I think of it as that's good because we're always growing. So no matter how high my self-esteem is, I shouldn't be surprised that there would be some situations that would come up that would be like, okay, here's an opportunity for you to really 
to really stand in your what you know is true about yourself. You haven't had to do that lately. You've been coasting, and so now here's your Tina Turner moment, right? <laughs> um, and some people would say, you know, like for Oprah, by the time that happened, I mean, you've interviewed presidents of the United States. You've interviewed rulers from other countries, and you and you shrink at Tina Turner. It's like, yes. You yes, know, it makes perfect sense to me. And it is. You're, you're <clears> probably <throat> correct that we will have Tina Turner moments, as hesitant as I am to admit that, that, that we would always have to have that. I uh, heard another interview. I can't say her name. She's on the Oprah Network, though. My Oprah Week. Yabat. Yeah, what's her name? Yanla. That's it. It's a beautiful name. And you have a niece or something by that name, don't you? No. You know someone with that name? I know Yanla. You know? You know? I've met Yanla. The She's the only one I know. She is with that I name. there was someone else she knew with that name. So say it again. Yeah, Yana. Yanla. Yeah. Van Zandt, whatever her, what's her last name? Van Zandt. Van Zandt, right. She has her own show now on OWN, and she was talking about one of her favorite, famous lines is when someone says, I'm in pain, that that stands for pay attention inward. And it was interesting, I had the experience this week a couple of times to be in emotional pain, and I heard her little voice, whatever, yeah, her voice saying, pay attention inward. And when I stopped and did, I realized I was in fear, Mm -hmm. I was in um, feeling feeling (coughs) panicky, feeling like I was going to lose something, feeling... um, anxious, and when I turned my attention inward, I understood I can control this. I can stop this free fall. I can take hold of those thoughts, and I can change those thoughts, and I can affirm that I am just fine, and I do a lot of inner child work. If if anybody knows what inner child work is, I do a lot of inner child with little Leslie and kind of finding where she is and helping her get out from underneath the table. Because when I'm in pain or panic, I have discovered that the inner child is just terrified. Yes. And if I can somehow figure out a way to detach long enough to find her and calm her down, then everything gets calmer. But as long as I'm focusing on this external situation, oh, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, the fear, the pain just gets bigger. Exactly. turning my intention Attention, P-A-I-N, pay attention inward, was a very good little tip for me this week. So, you know, I, I think, think we're going to have to go to Ayanla's <laughs> Facebook page I. And, and post <laughs> that her acronym, her using pain as an acronym, is, and that's why it works because, you know, things like that, it's like you don't, when you hear them, you think, oh, that's catchy. You know, I don't need that right now. Or I'll I'll remember that so I can tell someone else, <laughs> right? right? And then in your own, our own moment of need, it's in our brain bank, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it comes forward, and then we're like, oh, it actually works. <laughs> really? If I do it, right, right? Yeah, if I do I'm it. I'm the one that usually goes, oh, I know that thing she said. Oh, that's way beneath me. Right. I've got to figure this out. That. Exactly right. I was supposed to be walking through walls. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that simple thing. I'm a PhD yeah. thing, right? I'm looking for a PhD thing. <laughs> when what you're experiencing is the same thing the three-year-old. Oh, exactly right. right, right. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's really interesting to me this the, the way that the process works, and I think it is about, you know, our theme today, being in the flow, that whatever is happening is supposed to be happening. Right. I mean, if I'm saying yes to spirit, really, right. i got to believe that there are no mistakes. Mm-hmm. And everything that happens is moving me in my life toward my best and highest good and toward what I have what I keep affirming I want. Now, if I keep affirming I want fear and I keep affirming that I want um financial difficulty and I keep affirming that I want to be alone and not part of I mean, you know, whatever I keep affirming, mm-hmm. the universe is saying yes to that. But let's assume I'm affirming, you know, bigger, better, brighter more friendly, more loving outcomes, then when something bad happens, if I'm saying yes to spirit and I'm in the flow, then it's like, okay, I need to flow with this. I need to go through this because if I let it stand there as a barrier to me and I stop right here, I'm going to be stuck right here. And that's what's going to keep happening. That's the feeling I'm going to keep having. So, and you know this, Leslie, I mean, I... I say the Winston Churchill quote so much. You know, if you're going through hell, keep going. Because if I stay where I am and let that paralyze me, you're going to get burned up. Right. I'm staying in the hell of it. And so if I want to get through that, I have to deal with, face, get beat up by whatever is happening and that's what water does in the flow. It's like it goes over the rock, it goes around. The rocks don't move, the boulders don't move, or if the force of the water is strong enough, it can wear a hole through the rock right. and go through it. But, and that's the, you know, I see that in my life, like when, when in some ways I'm stuck in the hell of <coughs> the situation but the force of continuing to say my affirmations, the force of me really being clear. I say yes to spirit, and I know that I believe in a God that's bigger than this. I, you know, this looks like a big problem to me, and I know it's no problem or a small problem to the universe. You know, it's like those kind of things over and over, the force of them are like the force of water breaking a hole in. But most of the time, water's just, Oh, big boulder, okay, we're not going to ignore you. We see you. And because we see you, we're going to make a right turn and go around and come out on the other side. Well, that's about choosing. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not in denial that you're there, big rock. (laughs) Big rock, yes. Big rock. I I, I see you. And you know what? I'm not going to fight you. I accept that you are there. But I have a choice to talk to this, you know, make the right turn and go around the side of it. Talk to this person, call Leslie and ask her to pray for me. Uh, Call someone else and ask them to give me a ride because my car is in the shop. And next thing I know, I'm on the other side. And, yeah, that big rock existed. And I think that's the difference. A lot of times we think if we're in the flow, we're denying what's happening. That's hard that we're pretending, oh, it's not really there. So I'll just ignore it. 
and I'll just go around, and that's not being in the flow. See, I don't think I'm deny. I don't think I'm pretending that it's not there. I think if I'm in the flow, it is not hard. Because there's been times in my life where you know I didn't didn't have a ride or didn't have something, and I'd be sitting and waiting or whatever, and it would be fun to be sitting on the curb and kind of waiting for a friend or something. And the experience was enjoyable. Yeah, but so that actually so you didn't. Yeah, well, I'm I thinking think about think, someone we know who is right now, and I don't know if this is the second or third or fourth time that she's had cancer. But it's, I know she said cancer before. Somebody I know? (laughs) Apparently I don't know they have cancer now. Oh, okay. Okay, then. And and I've been just watching, and I've been so inspired by her Facebook post over the last few weeks because, I mean, she has a diagnosis that's a fairly rare diagnosis. She, um, you know, has decided to do chemo and radiation and, you know, process and, and has had a surgery. And and the prognosis is not, you know, one of those have the surgery and 99% of the people five years later are cancer-free. It's not that kind of diagnosis oh at all. And so some people would be, well, this is hopeless or, you know, and I'm, I don't want to do this again and... Um, you know, I'm, a lot of people do physically get sick as they go through chemo or radiation, and, you know, which makes sense. Right. You're just chemically altering everything in your body. But her post, and I, be, I don't know this, but I believe it's part of what is her practice to stay in the same yes to spirit mm-hmm. and to be in the flow of what you call the Zen Buddha flow. The Zen Buddha flow. Um, I like that Zen. Um, but it, and it's not Pollyanna-ish. Right. It's not, it's in not denying. denying. So she'll say this. You know, I I can't believe how exhausted I was after only doing A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to what I used to do in the course of the day. And then you know, and I'm so grateful that I was able to do this. So I'm going to take a nap and then I'll get up and see how I'm doing. Or you know, this is what happened to me when I was at the doctor's office. You know, or the the way that she helped someone else who was going through cancer for the first time, a younger woman with, you know, a younger husband and a, oh. and a young child, and how she was able to just say the right thing and to help them, you know, move. And how imp- she wasn't doing that. Well, she wasn't doing it for them, but she was doing it for herself. Right. To remind herself, this is who I am. I am a loving, beneficial presence in the world. And all of these stories, all of these little short examples of how she's going through this process, she's never denying that the big rock Mm -hmm. is cancer. And it's a bigger rock because it's a recurrence of cancer. And it's an even bigger rock because it's a really rare form of cancer. So it's not like a pebble that you just step over. It's, It's not something that she could, it's like, Okay, I could climb it, but I'd be engaging with it in a different way. So it's like she's flowing around it, not ignoring it, acknowledging it, and making different choices. And it sounds like her inner spirit is peaceful as she goes. That's the cool part. Right. She's peaceful even though the situation 
that is the key. not. To me, that's that's my indicator. And that's like the water mm-hmm. in the river flowing with whether the rocks are high or low, whether there's a big piece of land that ultimately becomes a peninsula or an island because the water flows around it. The water doesn't fight it. Mm-hmm. The water accepts it. That's the non-resistance part. And I think when we live in spirit, I mean, the question of if we're living in the in the flow, how do we respond to the high and low waves? I think she's a great example. And a high wave, like me referring to, you know, the cancer is the big rock, but sometimes it's a low wave, you know. That we think is really high. That we think is high. Or That's right. we think, we fool ourselves that everything now is going to be perfect. This is low wave. This is peaceful. Or this is this is like my daily life. It has ups and downs, and I know how to navigate them. You know, I don't really love my job, but I know, and I, you know, or I love what I do in my job, but there are two or three people at work I really don't like. Well, they're like low wave. I know they're around, but I just kind of ignore them because, you know, 90% of the people at the, where I work is great. That's a low wave. It's kind of always there. And we just, you know, if we're saying yes to spirit, we don't resist that either. But we can be in denial and pretend it's not there. Yeah, it's a really, it's a concept of non-resistance. It's really an interesting thing to deeply ponder. Non-resistance, what that looks like in terms of really... Um, if I'm living in non-resistance, then I'm in acceptance. And that acceptance isn't um, saying this is good. Yes, there's no judgment. There's no judgment to it. It's just accepting that it is flat. This is the truth. It it exists. This exists. Yeah, I don't even want to say it's the truth because that's not... It exists. And so that kind of, as I'm thinking about this, it really takes the power out of it. And then, if I if I don't resist it, then I then I can see it for what it is. I guess maybe I'm thinking it's it's more. I'm not engaging it. I'm kind of detached from it because that's the biggest. Well, we've done a show recently on detachment, but that's the biggest tool I use in terms of you know, getting into acceptance is sort of detaching and using that third eye or that observer's eye or connecting with little Leslie, trying to trying to look at myself from kind of a third party. Sounds crazy, but it works pretty well. So I was just looking to see if we had actually done a show on non resistance because it seems like in yeah. two and a half years we've talked about it enough. But we haven't done a show. I just went through the archives. Really? We've never done a show on non-resistance, but we've done two shows on resistance. <laughs> so, yeah, you picked some shows. <laughs> oh, do not even go there. And so it's really oh, interesting. That's I, perfect. I'm really curious to go back and listen to those we shows. We focused on resistance. Well, because I'm sure what we ended up talking about was I'm we hoping. are not resist- <laughs> in resistance. You're in non-resistance. <laughs> now, we did these shows about um, a little more than a year apart. 
Oh, funny. So show number 51 and show number 114. That's funny. So they were a little more than a year So apart. in a year we were still stuck in resistance, though. We so, didn't flip. So I was really, I'm really interested. <laughs> Quickly, do a show on non-resistance. So we look like we're into the Well, in the positive. second show, one of the questions at the top of the show, what is the spiritual meaning of non-resistance? Uh, so I'm sure we talked a lot about non-resistance in that show. Um, but now it's like, okay, this week my homework is going to be to listen to both of those shows because I'm curious what we, Surely said, what we, we didn't say. Surely we did. Would you say non-resistance and acceptance and going with the flow all are that word that means the same thing? I think they're very closely related. Very closely related. I can't think deeply enough and stay in the conversation to say <laughs> that I think they're all the same all thing. All the same thing, but very closely related. Yeah, I, I absolutely know, and you know, they are definitely related. And again, it goes back to something that you say all the time. So often, our behavior, you know, four people could be doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but it's their inner intention mm-hmm. that tells you whether it's a good or bad thing. It's my favorite. How many times have I said Oprah's name today, I think? I'm trying to say as many times as you said that book's name. Say yes. What was that book's name that you kept saying? I can't say it, Yes. then you'll say I said yes. it again. Yes to something. Yes, say yes. Sacred yes. See? Smarter than I look. So uh, anyway, Oprah for the fourth time talked about after she read Gary Zukoff's Seat of the Soul. Mm-hmm which was, I guess, was his original book that got him going, she went to her staff and she said, I don't want you to bring me another idea, or another show idea, without being able to tell me what is your intention of this show. And she said every time she goes into a business meeting, a business conversation, she will say at the very beginning, here is my intention of how this call or meeting is going to go. And she commented how that just takes everything out of it. Because basically how we normally talk is we have this intention, we have this idea, we have this thing we want, and then we're working the whole conversation to get you over to what I'm, you know. And once you say, here's my intention, here's what, you know, I'm needing or wanting or expecting, then that's it. Then the other person can say, oh, my intention fits perfectly with that. I'm totally aligned with that. Or, man, we can just save ourselves some time and hang out now. Right. But that was an amazing, and I thought, boy, I'm going to use that in couples therapy. (laughs) You know, what's your intention? You know, is my intention to be right? Is my intention for this marriage to work? Is my intention to get this son of a bitch out of my mind, out of my face? Right. Is my intention to find something wrong with him or so that's a really powerful question. What is my intention, you know, within this conversation? Most, I think for most of us, our first answer is not the real answer. She fears that, Tracy Burns. In my zen life, Buddha River, I always answer honestly. No, I, no, I think it's always honest. Ah. I think we're always, I think, no, I'm not saying You're saying we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, I think when we're not used to thinking about things in that way, that we could say, for example, if I were going to couples therapy, 
my answer would be, well, of course, my intention is that we identify what's not working so that we can save this relationship, Mm -hmm. so that we can be more effective together as a couple. It's like that's that's why I said yes to couple therapy. And then if I take a deeper breath and and then think about it, now really, really what's your intention? You know, then it might be, well, yeah, I guess actually what I want is I want Leslie to help me prove that my partner here is all screwed up. Nut! And to fix my partner. Right. So So that our marriage, our relationship, our, you know, civil union, whatever our commitment is, <laughs> Very good. You will work for me, you know. So I think a lot of times if we're not accustomed to thinking on that deeper, really spiritual level, our mind would answer the question immediately. Our ego would answer the question immediately in a way that it would be worth saying, okay, now beneath that, and then beneath that, and right. go about two levels lower to have the real insight. Now, what I believe about Oprah knowing all the spiritual work that she has done and all the success that she has had is that if, she if I were clear. on the phone, you know, yeah, if I were on the phone with Oprah and she said, this is a call and my intention is that we are going to do A, B, and C, I would be like, okay, there's nothing under that. Right. She's doing it. She's clear. Right, she's clear. But for most of us, most of the time. And it's interesting, I have a good friend that's reading a book that uh, Carolyn Mace, Mm -hmm. What Makes Us Healthy. Mm -hmm. And it was, I, you know, I don't think, I've certainly heard of Carolyn Mace. I'm certainly, back in the years, I've read something, but I haven't read anything of hers in years. But this was a most profound chapter, and it talked about how our heart, our pure intention, will have its way. And she was talking specifically about um, relationships, and she was saying when our heart, when our pure intention knows this relationship is over and it's no longer serving us, and for whatever reason we don't accept that, we don't move towards ending that relationship. Yeah. She said it becomes like a paper shredder that gets clogged. Yeah. And she said the more we deny the truth of needing to move on, that the more paper gets clogged. Yeah. And she said metaphorically then you you know you get angry or then metaphorically then you you know you start getting sick and then metaphorically you will you know end up you may die if you don't listen to and take action on the pure intention because the pure intention has to be manifested and if it can't be manifested it will just wither away and i thought that was really profound that we can do all these backflips to try to avoid what is happening but we know on some level this is happening this is what is happening within us and if we continue to deny it it, it, kills, it us. kills us, literally. It kills and us. I really believe that. And to hear her say it, I, what makes us healthy? I am going to get that book. I mean, it was an amazing, and she supposedly um, takes and corresponds the world as a whole and how human consciousness 
doesn't act on what we know to be the highest good and the consequences it plays you know, to the whole world as well as individual. And she's going through kind of using each example in each chapter towards towards what happens when we don't listen, when we don't follow the truth of who we are or our pure intention or what we know. That sounds fascinating, and I, I know that that's the truth. I know it in my own life, and, you know, that the example of relationships, I think it, it really it's easy to see there, but we do the same thing with career and job, you know. Oh, gotcha. We do the same thing with, with church, you know, going to a church that you know is not in resonance with you but you're supposed to or your family always did. And you know, you have an inner knowing that this is not a match for me, but you won't go out and explore to find the place that is the match for you. Or you say, I don't believe in anything or I don't need community. And that, is, again, could serve you. Mm-hmm. But for some people, it doesn't serve them. It's just they're in denial about you know, finding a practice that really will work for them. And so, and we do it in all aspects yes. of our lives, and we learn to do that. You know, think about the child who is not baby child, but, you know, elementary school, third, fifth, fourth, fifth, maybe even fifth, sixth grade, and they keep saying they have an interest. Right. They have an interest in being a chef, or they have an interest in learning to play the tuba, or they have an interest, and they, you know, it's not just one time. Like, you know, it just keeps coming up, and the adults around them... It's not the same interest mom and dad have. Exactly, or, you know, oh, that's nice that you want to, you know, that's nice... Sharon, that you want to learn to play the drums, but in their in the parents' mind, number one, we don't want drums. Raise you out. Number two, girls, drums. You know, like we don't see that happening. We don't want her to learn to do that. But she knows. Right. She has this inner that keeps coming up, but and she's learning to ignore that because other people need to approve it. And I absolutely believe we can reconnect with that. Oh, yeah, as adults. I think it's our job to do that, our responsibility to do that. And even not, if we don't do it professionally, you know, we can find that passion through volunteer work or something. I have a third example. Dale, in terms of uh, using it, uh, trying to find our life's purpose, coming up with answering sentences like, what do I love to do? What do I do on my days off? What, What do people say I'm good at? And coming up with, here's what my purpose is, and it might not be something I make a living at, right. but it's something I have to find a way to express somehow, some way. And so that really opens up the flow. Oh, my goodness. I brought that all back around very nicely, didn't I? When yes, we're living our lives. We are in the flow. So that's it for today's uh, Say Yes to Spirit. Um, hope that you go through this coming week totally in the flow. And until we connect again, say, say yes, yes to Spirit. spirit.